Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment to you? It's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer. Welcome to The Nature of Healing. Hello, healers. Welcome back to another year of The Nature of Healing podcast. I'm Roseanne. And as always, we will have a mix of self-healing and health freedom topics, guest interviews, and solo podcast where we connect dots to help make sense of what's happening in our world. Today, I wanted to touch on the abuse of power by our elected or selected officials, including the President of the United States. We are told that no one is above the law, but when man-made laws are written by corrupt officials, then there are those who are above the law. They put themselves there. There are the haves and the have-nots under man-made laws. But that's different from natural law, where we are all equal and no one is above another. Under man-made laws, one abuse of power that doesn't get enough play or attention that it deserves is the executive order. And that's because all executive orders do nothing but subvert the governmental process. The governmental process was supposedly established to protect the rights of the people, But executive orders do the opposite. So when a president says, by executive order, it serves to enslave Americans and mock the idea of freedom. And as of September 20th, 2019, there is a new task force in town, the National Influenza Vaccine Task Force. President Trump signed an executive order to establish an interagency task force to improve flu vaccines. Now, this task force is tasked with finding new and faster ways to deploy the influenza vaccine, specifically to, quote, increase influenza vaccine use through enhanced communication and by removing barriers to vaccination, end quote. What does this order do? It directs actions to reduce the United States' reliance on egg-based influenza vaccine production, to expand the domestic capacity of alternative methods that allow more agile and rapid responses to emerging influenza viruses, and to advance the development of new broadly protective vaccine candidates that protect more effective and longer-lasting immunities and to support the promotion of increased influenza immunization across recommended populations. Now, to somebody like me who's a natural healer, that sounds exactly like prevention methods using natural modalities of healing, using nature's tools, using herbs and homeopathics, 
using food as medicine. Doesn't it sound like that to you? That would be a broad dissemination of prevention and healing modalities that can reverse the flu naturally. I mean, this list should also include, under those modalities, rest, lots of good fluids, medicinal teas, and the like. But you would need natural healers or somebody who understands how the body actually works as part of this task force, right? But this task force is staffed by senior officials from the non-elected federal alphabet soup agencies, the DOD, DOJ, DOA, the VA, the USDA, the CDC, FEMA, NIH, CMS, and BARDA, B-A-R-D-A. I'll include a link to the entire executive order in the show notes. But these officials must, among other things, submit a plan to the president with a five-year national plan to promote the use of more agile and scalable vaccine manufacturing technologies and to accelerate development of vaccines that protect against many or all influenza viruses. Speaking of man-made influenza viruses, back in May of 2019, if you recall, Forbes magazine reported, quote, scientists resume efforts to create deadly flu virus with U.S. government's blessing, end quote. For more than a decade, two scientists, one in the U.S. and one in the Netherlands, have been trying to create a deadly human pathogen from avian influenza. That's right. They're trying to turn bird flu, which does not normally infect people, into a human flu. Back in 2014, scientists requested a pause in the research. Now, these are concerned scientists. But today, the NIH has restarted that research. And this is another example of the Hegelian dialectic of problem-reaction-solution order out of chaos. And the solution is this executive order, the need for a directive. The executive order does not aim to improve the effectiveness or the safety of flu vaccines. No, only the production and delivery of them. Commerce. Perhaps it is impossible, actually, to improve the efficacy of an influenza vaccine that has a reputation of being only 29% effective. That was true for the 2019 and the 2018 varieties of flu vaccine, the worst since 2014. How many of you out there have stopped getting a flu shot because the few times you've chosen to get it, you were sicker than sick? I keep hearing that phrase from people who choose to get the flu shot. If a flu vaccine cannot be engineered to protect against the flu, how does a task force improve flu vaccines? Unfortunately, the executive order does not address rhetorical questions. This task force and the deployment of faster flu vaccines is without your consent. So how does the president get away with an agenda for mass vaccination of a vaccine with a batting average of 0.290 without the consent of the people? 
The simple truth is that the people allow it. We allow it. Think about it. Acts and executive orders are written coups against the people. It's a modern-day coup, and every president since Washington has usurped the rights of the people using executive orders, except President William Henry Harrison, who apparently died one month after taking office. Executive orders offer a powerful and immediate way for a president to advance an agenda that originates from the United Nations. Now, if you can connect the United Nations dots yourself, you will note that vaccine mandates from Germany to Italy to the U.S. all align for the recent MMR vaccine deployment. For now, if you do not comply with this directive, this mandate, you're fined. It comes out of your pocketbook. But what other penalties await noncompliance? I guess we'll soon find out with the uh, deployment of the Healthy People 2020 Act coming up in 2020. The Real ID Act is going to be effective starting in October of 2020. So right around just before the time of the next election, things are going to start heating up. But what other penalties await us has yet to be determined. We know from the California beta test, the vaccine mandates there, that if you attempt to avoid new mandated CDC vaccine schedule required to attend the public school system, if you do this by homeschooling, you might receive a visit from Child Protective Services for negligence. And now we see that in New York City, lawmakers are planning to outlaw homeschooling because they want to be able to vaccinate the children in the schools without parental approval or knowledge. Fascism much? According to the Health and Human Services Secretary, Alex Azar, quote, faster methods of producing influenza vaccines will help keep Americans safer, both from seasonal influenza, which kills tens of thousands of Americans each year, and from the potential pandemic influenza which is the single greatest biodefense threat our country faces. Under this executive order, HHS will lead on coordinating and advancing work to modernize influenza vaccine production as part of the important work we do to protect Americans from all infectious threats, whether naturally occurring, accidental, or man-made. Did you ever wonder why, if so many people have been getting the flu shot, why tens of thousands of deaths occur from influenza? Perhaps because these statistics are hard to prove or non-existent, this threat must be put off to the future. So to address future threats, President Trump on June 24th of this year, 2019, also signed on to a law called the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Advancing Innovations Act. That's a mouthful. You can shorten it to PAPA, P-A-H-P-A, who's your PAPA? The bill was authored by Representative Susan W. Brooks, Republican of Indiana, and Anna Eshoo, Democrat of California, to strengthen the country's preparedness and response program. 
Papa ensures that the country is better prepared to respond to a wide array of public health emergencies, whether man-made or occurring through natural disaster or infectious disease. So between this Papa Act and the latest executive order, state authorities can now require mass vaccination just as New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio did when he declared a public health emergency in the Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn requiring unvaccinated individuals to receive a measles vaccine. Remember that? Also, new laws like the one in New York would require students born after January 1st, 2009 to get the HPV vaccine with or without their parents' permission. With this new executive order, officials can implement such a program and they can do it faster. So this brings us to the idea of aerosolized drugs. Now, it doesn't say anything about aerosolized vaccination programs in this directive, but if you look at past use of aerosolized drugs, you might be able to connect some dots to see a possible future. Could this task force aerosolize vaccines for faster delivery? Only the task force would be able to decide that. Aerosolized particulates have been utilized by governments and private companies to control the climate by inhibiting or enhancing rain. Why not aerosolize drugs to control infectious diseases? According to a phone interview with a NASA representative, aerosols laced with lithium have been deployed over the skies of Oregon in 2011. Why has government sprayed lithium without the consent of the people? Maybe it was another beta test. NASA says it was to study the ionosphere and winds. But could part of that experiment have been to study the effects on humans? Knowing that lithium is a psychoactive drug affecting the mind, just as electromagnetic fields are known to affect the mind, such new strategies could affect whole populations on a whole new scale. Meanwhile, as doctors deliberate over whether lithium should be added to medicate the water supply, and you can Google that to see that that is actually being proposed, just as fluoride is added to the water supply, which is forced medication, the people are distracted debating the government over vaccine mandates through a syringe. So we see we have these targeted chemicals coming at humanity from all different directions. Why debate vaccines alone when it's coming out of the sky or potentially coming out of the sky, right? But distinguished professor of climatology, Alan Robach at Rutgers University in 2012 said, I can't imagine stratospheric aerosols ever being deployed. You can't test it unless you basically do full-scale deployments. I just can't see the world standing for that. You would have to notify everybody that might be affected, informed consent over the entire planet, and you'd have to do an environmental impact statement, and I can't imagine everybody in the world agreeing to those changes. Well, that's the obvious response. But Alan, to you I say this, stratospheric aerosols are being deployed as we speak. Government says they are used to cool down the planet. So these aerosols are already approved for use. Aerosols are solid particulates in the atmosphere 
that affect both the visibility, air quality, water quality, and biologic health. In fact, according to an article by Brian Nelson in November of 2019, an alarming amount of toxic mercury can now be found in coastal fog. These aerosols come from toxic plumes and are transported long distances. Where is the consent for that? Aerosols have been deployed for decades and in some cases, such as cloud seeding, for weather modification since the 1800s. It's nothing new. But the depositions of these aerosols are cumulative and are taking a toll on the planet and biological life. The big new exposure to populations over the world are from bunker fuel operations that are deployed off the coasts and transported hundreds of miles to affect hundreds of thousands of people. The word bunker is used for high sulfur fuel and lube oils, which are stored on a ship and used for machinery operations. And these fuels contain high levels of metals and chemicals that are ejected into the air as a disposal method. Look up Pandara Fog, P-A-N-D-A-R-R-A. And you can follow these aerosol trails or ship tracks, as they call them, on satellite imagery using NEXRAD, N-E-X-R-A-D. According to a 2013 report published in the UK's Guardian newspaper, just one of the world's largest container ships can emit about as much pollution as 50 million cars. Further, the 15 largest ships in the world emit as much nitrogen oxide and sulfur oxide as the world's 760 million cars. That's a billion tons of CO2 just from the ships. The reason is not due to fuel efficiency, because these ships are efficient, but it's due to almost a complete lack of regulations applied to the giant exhaust stacks of these container ships. And with all the spraying operations going on, we wonder why high levels of aluminum, barium, and strontium are being found at the bottoms of our lakes. And the government wants to relax a ban on these bunker fuels and cut your emissions from your car trips. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to include a link in the show notes for Jim Lee's video that talks about these ship tracks. But first, let's take a listen to this series of audio clips put together from Mike Morales, who does a nightly show on YouTube presenting visual evidence of weather warfare that goes on all over the world. The first speaker is President Kennedy addressing the UN General Assembly in 1961, followed by Wisconsin Senator Herb Cole questioning Robert Fletcher, who's from the militia of Montana. And finally... There's a snippet of a military news report from first class petty officer Jan Blake speaking about Pandara Fog. And I'll include a link to this original video of Mike Morales's in the show notes. Mr. President, honored delegates, ladies and gentlemen, we shall propose further cooperative efforts between all the nations in weather prediction, and eventually in weather control. We shall propose, finally, a global systems of communication satellites 
linking the whole world in telegraph and telephone and radio and television. The day need not be far away when such a system will televise the proceedings of this body to every corner of the world for the benefit of peace. You just get on to Mr. Yes, Fletcher. Sir. Another question on, on the, uh, in an interview with the Los Angeles Times on April 21st, you said that the, you told the Associated Press uh, that the American government has created weather tampering techniques so that the new world order will be able to starve millions of Americans and to control the rest. Would you explain what you were trying to say? Well, it, it, what I was trying to say is exactly what I said. There is weather control techniques. We have a complete package on that, which I did not bring, but I certainly will see to it that it is brought in for the record. Number one, the entire patents on the equipment. Number two, Senator Claiborne Pell's complete statement and story of his own that not only does it exist, but that we even utilize it as far back as the Vietnam War. You might want to touch base That's with right, Senator but I, Pell. But I, I just want to repeat before so, I turn to So yes, yes so but we do have all that information. That you're saying the government has created weather tampering techniques so that the quote, new world order will be able to starve millions of Americans. Worldwide. Millions of Americans and to control the rest. Yes, sir, and that's my belief. As bizarre as that sounds, when if somebody had told me that that equipment even existed 10 years ago, I would have thought they were nuts, sir. And at this The Navy Warfare Development Command tested a new anti-ship missile defense system June 21st through 25th. Pandara Fog consists of shipboard radar-absorbing carbon fiber clouds tested under a variety of at-sea conditions using assets from the U.S. Army, Navy, and Air Force. These man-made clouds are part of a layered defense and are capable of preventing a missile from detecting and striking its target. And there you have it. You can find out more about ship tracks and geoengineering of our weather uh, on Jim Lee's website, which I'll have a link in the show notes. So why do I talk about bunker fuel operations if I'm focused on self-healing and health freedom? Because if we want to be healthy and free to choose how we stay healthy, we need to know our chemical exposures. In 2006, I did some heavy metals testing, some urine testing on myself through Genova Diagnostics Lab. And anybody can, you know, order a test kit and test themselves. And I did this because I was monitoring my own iodine levels prophylactically. For me, two metals showed up as significantly elevated, consistent with increased body burden. And those two metals were barium and tungsten. And for the years prior to that, the only exposure I could think of was from the air, even though ironically I had worked for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in Chicago. I was never exposed knowingly to any of these metals. But since then, there have been many reports like this to confirm that suspicion. And knowing this, knowing what your metal status is in your body might be important if you have an autoimmune disease. So this way you can discover which metals might be interfering with your own body, your own body's balance, and then develop a detoxification plan. But really, whether these metals are in the form of mandated vaccines or lesser known aerosol deployments without our consent 
it's the same set of chemicals coming at us, whether we inject them, breathe them in, or drink them from our public water supplies. But back to the topic at hand. (laughs) This latest Trump executive order and task force are working under the guise or heading of promoting national security and public health. Now, federal acts are always implemented under the heading of national security and public health. However, I want to give you a perspective that helps you scrutinize what's really going on here. In fact, in times of threats to freedom, semantics should be equally scrutinized to anything else. For instance, any task force on semantics would soon discover that there is no such thing as public health. There is only individual health because we each have individual immune systems within individual bodies. Public health is a term that was created by social engineers under the International Health Commission, which was created on June 27, 1913, under the Rockefeller Foundation that created a, quote, public trust, end quote, right? So remember the word public trust for a moment. We'll come back to it. The purpose of the term public is to control behavior of individuals. For example, a news story from March of 2019 read, effective at the stroke of midnight, Wednesday, March 27th, anyone who is under 18 years of age and unvaccinated against measles will be barred from public places until this declaration expires in 30 days or until they receive the MMR vaccine. How do you live in a city if you cannot enter a public place? Is this a throwback to the racism in the South where blacks were not allowed to drink from the same water fountains or enter the same public places as whites? Do people have a short attention span or are they apathetic to these laws? Where is the outcry? Where does it end? So just like the term public health, I believe, is a myth, so is public opinion, public safety, public body, and public perception. These are all myths that we've been programmed to accept that political elites promote in order to manufacture consent to justify their right to power and to maintain the status quo. There is only individual opinion, individual safety, individual bodies, and individual perception. Think back to what Plato wrote. (laughs) Science is nothing but perception. To perceive something is what individuals do, not groups or task forces. Any task force is made up of individuals. Individuals are the ones who perceive with their eyes, hear with their ears, think with their minds, and speak with their voices. Individuals exist in relationship to one another. Through relationship, individuals build trust on an individual level. So go back to the term public trust. There is no public trust. Public trust promotes public welfare and does not benefit one or more individuals. It's something to contemplate. No one can speak for you unless you give up your power to speak for yourself. 
of course, the media is now censoring your content on the internet via the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. So you will soon become your own task force on free speech. For now, you can determine whether your content is for children or not. But the COPPA task force may not agree with your assessment. But you should also know about the YouTube censorship and general audience exception to COPPA. COPPA is not triggered when you identify a mixed audience, meaning both children and adults. YouTube decided not to give you that option, so it is possible that much of what you expect to view on YouTube will not be there in the near future. I'll leave a link in the show notes on the exceptions to the YouTube censorship. In a world where government removes real choice to suit an agenda under the cover of public health and safety, the use of implied consent is the new informed consent. This is why the term public is a tool of social engineering to remove rights. So how do you free your voice in a world of increasing restrictions and censorship? How do you maintain control of your own mind, your own body, your freedom to self-heal? What can you do now? Well, let's connect some dots. First, know who you are and stand your ground. Through all the distraction, it is important to know that rights do not come from government. The freedom to choose how you live is a birthright and a responsibility. Freedom is inborn, so it's not granted by government. So we need to unlearn what we think we know. To know that each choice begins and ends with you, the individual, is the root of true security and true health. At the same time, rights only serve to protect you if you choose to assert them. For instance, you can refuse to support the public school system by withdrawing from it. You can preserve your health by knowing about all your exposures and learning how to protect yourself, how to prevent those exposures. Now, to preserve Innate rights is to claim responsibility for your choices. In the same way, bodily protection is innate and comes in the form of your immune system. No government or war can offer protection in the same way that your immune system does every minute of every day. The solution is clear. You nourish your mind with clear knowledge, your body with clean foods, and your choices with inner wisdom. Once you accept that you were born with everything you need to protect yourself, everything outside of you that claims to protect you becomes obsolete, irrelevant. That's why immunization is not vaccination. It's nutrition, hygiene, and sanitation that are more powerful allies to you than any law or executive order. Since if you fail to maintain your health, what do you really have? The difference between immunization and vaccination is one for the task force on semantics, something for all of us to take on. So we also need to reclaim the language 
to protect health. So now we've come to the end of this little stream of consciousness. The moral of the story, trust your gut to preserve your rights. Go back to nature. Grow your own foods. Grow your community. Do your own research. Support local farmers. Support your community. Seek out natural healers who use the plants of nature that work with your body's innate immune system. Under natural principles, you realize that you must assert your rights to preserve your choice and your health. And that's it for this week. Until next time, healers, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org, or you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.